0: Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, son. Hello. I'm Captain Captain Janeway
1: of the USS Voyager. I'm Captain Kathryn Cap- Janeway of the USS Voyager. You are Captain.
0: Do it. The Cap- Welcome to the greatest generation Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harris.
1: I'm Adam Pranica.
0: What you doing, Adam? Come oh, on. Doing great.
1: Happy to be back on the mics with you.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just uh, recorded an episode of Greatest Trek, and we addressed this there, but we should probably address it here, too. Yeah. I just had a baby. You sure did. <laughs> or my wife had a baby. Yeah. Pretty sure I had a baby.
1: <laughs> I mean, you should have resolved the uh, the paternity a long time ago, I would say.
0: But that would, uh, that would you know... That would make it uh, impossible for me to get cast on an episode of Maury. Right.
1: Which we
0: all know has been your greatest goal. Yeah. My lifelong ambition, some would say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my, uh, my wife had a baby. He is great. She's great. We're really excited. But it's been a long time since we've recorded, and one of the results of that, Adam, is that I went down to our uh, our post office box the other day, and it was completely stuffed with stuff. Oh,
1: geez. Was it another angry male person situation?
0: No, they were really chill about it, but uh, it was so full that when I opened it, I could hear stuff fall out the back of it just because like, it had jostled the contents of the box. Wow. And it, Fortunately, our post office box is close enough to the ground that I was able to get down on my hands and knees and reach my arm deep into the recesses of the post office and pick up a box that had fallen into the, you know, employees only section of the post office and uh, and retrieve it. And sure enough, it had our name on it. So I've got that mail call here now, and I thought we should get into a little greatest gen mailbag. Captain,
1: I'm sorry to disturb you.
0: I'm receiving a code 47. Verify. It is code 47, sir. Start lead emergency frequency.
1: Captain's eyes only. Wow, the things you have to go through to <laughs> check our mail, bin.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's very exciting. Uh, this first package is from Eric in what looks like Ankeny, Iowa? Ank- is it or Ankeny or I believe it's pronounced
1: Ankynosaur. <laughs>
0: we have a letter. Dear Adam and Ben I found these online I knew you'd get A kick out of them I got sets For my two FODs And myself also So excited For season three Of Lower Decks As it makes me laugh Almost as much As you two do hmm. Thanks for the pods The jokes And the good work You both do Laters airing. P.S. In answer to the question Posed on my P1 Rob and Kurt Know they are McCoy and Spock And proud of it As I am Of being their Captain Kirk hey, Wow
1: That's nice I remember that Almost as funny as Lower Decks.
0: Oh man, what Eric sent us are badgy badges. Whoa, look at those. There's angry and happy badgy. And uh, these are, man, these these would have been fun to open up on a Code 47 on Greatest Trek. I know. We gotta figure out, there's gotta be a way we can, I mean, is it like, is there anything wrong with like writing something outside of the address part of a package? I mean, it isn't easy to get mail
1: sent to us to begin with, <laughs> because of the very specific way it needs to be sent. But yeah, yeah, if one were to write Edward Larkin's name on the box somewhere, that might suggest on which show it should be opened.
0: Right? That would be yeah. That would we could uh, we could decode that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Eric. We will treasure these. I, will, I love these,
1: Eric. That's really awesome. Which one are you, Ben? Angry Badgie or Happy Badgie?
0: Well, here's the thing. Eric sent a, a happy and an angry for each of us. So I feel like wow. we could use these, you know, like uh, put your pin on before you belly up to the microphone to record to let your co host know what kind of day it is for you.
1: <laughs> the Friends of DeSoto are like the parents of twins. They got to hmm. get matched sets for both of us.
0: Right. Or, uh,. <laughs> Or like Albert Brooks in This Is Forty. Get, like you have a different haircut from me, so that they can tell us apart. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, this next one is from Sam in Carrollton, Texas, it's to Ben and Adam. There's a letter, dear Ben and Adam. You have the captain chairs. You have the custom minifigures. Now the interest alone could be enough to mm. build this ship. That's right, it's Doubt Furious, back with another pair of totally unlicensed Star Trek-themed Lego kits to gift you guys with. Wow. It's becoming a compulsion. I got an illness. Is this Kirk's Enterprise? Is it Pike's Enterprise? Or is it a holodeck recreation of the Enterprise for geriatric Scotty to mope in with his bottle of green stuff? It's Lego. Let your imaginations go wild. Is this the Mirror Universe Enterprise with a different paint job? Sure, I guess it could be. This build also includes a posable display stand for you to dry dock the ship anytime you're not whooshing it around the house when they who are your wives are not looking.
1: I just want to say dry docking a ship is not pleasurable for either party. Of
0: course. <laughs> if you have a little ship, you either have to whoosh it around or you have to smash it with a face of rifle. <laughs> you just have to. Yeah. I don't make the rules. Adam, per your preference, the decal goes on last. <laughs> As always... Much love from Texas. Live long and prosper. Play well. Ooby Dooby and float blue in 22. Wow. And uh, Doubt Furious has true to form included a Lego set with, look at those. I guess there are two of them in here. This is within a bigger Lego bag. There are two uh, Ziploc bags with the Enterprise as a kit. Wow. And a full set of, like, on-brand Lego instructions. So cool. Show you how to put it together. Oh, that looks...
1: It looks right. You know what I mean when I say that? It just looks like how it should
0: be. It looks exactly the way it should. And uh, (laughs) there's even a... uh, there's even a little, like, diagram of the Lego minifig getting confused putting it together. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's us. This, this is so great. Man, this is going to go awesome next to our, uh, our Lego uh, uh, captain's chairs that we both have. So cool. I love it. Um, well, don't forget to put your decal on last, Adam.
1: Yes. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for the reminder. And thanks for
0: the <laughs> gift. Yeah, thank you, Dow Furious.
1: You know what? I don't want to besmirch the Lego competitor, the one that has the the contract with Big Star Trek or whatever to make Lego things. But man, I just feel like Lego and Star Trek should be together.
0: They should. In an official way. It feels bad that Star Wars is licensed to Lego and Star Trek is not. It feels
1: like a very Star Trek Las Vegas kind of brick company.
0: Right, yeah, the Mega Block or whatever. Yeah. What's it called? Yeah. It's called something super off-brand.
1: Yeah. I wish it wasn't the way it was.
0: Yeah, but it is. <laughs> uh, this next package is from Pittsburgh. No sender listed on the outside of the package. Let's see what it says inside, Adam. On this very crumpled up note. The, the Yinzers
1: aren't going to use that kind of effort to uh, to label... <laughs> The contents.
0: Alright, I'm gonna do my best. This might be a physician that wrote us, judging by the uh mm-hmm. handwriting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> ben slash Adam, hi guys, love the podcast. Been listening for like two years now, and I got oh, and got my boyfriend on it too. Whoa. Saw something I couldn't believe was Star Trek themed on eBay and had to order it for you. So silly. Best God. Uh <laughs> I, can't, I cannot decipher the person's name. Is it's it, not your fault. Huang? I, I think it, it might be Huang. I, I really apologize if I'm getting that wrong. It's it's actually pronounced
1: Ankylosaur, Ben.
0: <laughs> Alright. I'm uh I'm going deeper into the package and there is a very shredded up tubular pack from eBay here with ebay tape on it it
1: looks like a can of snakes if I could describe it like it it looks like one of those classic comedy cans of snakes
0: it has a vibratey feel like a comedy can of snakes as well uh oh
1: please open up a can of snakes
0: I'm gonna have I think I have to open it from the other end the taped end because the the end I'm trying to get yeah
1: can't can't get at that end it's the wrong end
0: doesn't seem like the right end all right Oh god my damn it. god it's, It wasn't just A comedy can of snakes There's glitter in here too You got glitter bombed I got glitter bombed It's all over my fucking computer
1: That actually sucks man <laughs> What the hell why, why did they do that to you
0: I can't believe that they didn't even take the time to write their name <laughs> clearly so that I could uh, I could go kick them in the nuts or whatever.
1: The worst part about this is that that should have been opened by Bill Tilly.
0: Yeah. Man. Oh, that sucks. Are you just co- are you just positively covered in glitter now? My wife is going to think I went out to the studio and and ordered myself a stripper. <laughs> This is
1: insane I swear it wasn't a stripper, it was a can of snacks
0: God fucking damn it Oh, that sucks It's on my drink too, man Oh no Oh man, it's in the glass that I brought to drink my drink too uh, Why? Why did they, Why did somebody do this to us? What Wh- did we ever do to anyone? Hey, real talk for a second
1: Was that a mean thing that just happened? Yeah, I feel like it was kind of mean that sucks. Yeah. You know what? I mean... No more mail call today.
0: Uh we we'll get th- I'm calling uh, it. No. Okay. No. Wait, wow. let,
1: when mean stuff happens during mail call, we shut off the mail call.
0: Wow. So the four other people that maybe sent in good things don't get to get the benefit cuz one person was bad? Yeah, I want that one person to feel bad. I'm I'll take it even further, Adam. No fucking episode today. <laughs> Sounds great. God, you know what? You'd actually be doing me a great favor this, if, if that were the case. The glitter is fucking everywhere. I can
1: see it on your microphone.
0: It's on the mic arm. Yeah, it's like it went really high. God damn it! I got expensive stuff in here. It's all over my my mixing board. It's like in the grooves on the mixing board. Oh god, this sucks. This fucking sucks. I'm I'm very upset.
1: Was there anything in that letter that suggested what was? going to happen then? Like, are we that dense that
0: we didn't see this coming? Here's the thing, Adam. I don't want to pick up the letter because it's covered in glitter and it's just going to get glitter in more places. Like, I don't even really know how I can record right now because I can't touch or do anything because glitter is everywhere. Do you want to take a quick break before we come back and do the episode? I might need to just like hit my desk with the vacuum just to like Yeah. All right. Just to solve for glitter.
1: All right. When we come back, we are going to discuss Star Trek Voyager Season 4, Episode 20, vis-a-vis. And let us not forget, it is a Brone Zone episode.
0: I take it you're in charge here. Team leader Brone, fourth warrior defense contingent. I got to get a pump. That's it. Get it. I think I've glimpsed the nemesis already, to be honest.
1: You've got so much glitter all over you. I mean, I can hardly stand the
0: glare. You know what? The, the glitter sender should wind up upturned if, uh, if I get my way. Yeah. Jeez. You know what? When I saw the glitter pop out, I got
1: the trembles. Mm. But then when I realized what the glitter had done to you, I got the rages.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. We're going to pause. I'm going to wrestle this glitter and uh, <laughs> we'll be right back. Revert course.
1: Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes, I'm not
0: turning around. <laughs> and you're back. I'm back. Uh, I'm already making peace with the fact that, uh, first of all, it was not sharp of me to open that, based on (laughs) what it looks like and felt like.
1: You are such a fucking pro, dude. That person was a a motherless beast that sent that?
0: I'm trying to set loose of this, but uh, I've really got the rages, and... uh, I'm, you know, making peace with the fact that there will be glitter in my office forever now. Like, I will never not be reminded of today. From now until the hereafter. Yeah.
1: We gotta change the policy on the on the mail now.
0: Yeah, we gotta drill on it a little bit and uh, try and fathom what would have possessed somebody to do something like that.
1: Oh, man. That you know? sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like I got a little bit grayer today. <laughs> Have we done our uh, our brone zone
1: for the episode? Can we just talk about the up now?
0: Have we done our brone diligence?
1: <laughs> I think we have. Let's do our best to sprinkle it in, but I don't want anything to get in the way of pretty interesting episode here.
0: Yeah, it is an interesting episode. It opens, uh, of all places, in a car garage, and uh, the person under the car is upturned, which is <laughs> sad to see. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, when the doc honks the horn, it could have just killed him.
0: Yeah, yeah. No kidding. That seems like a an area of holodeck safeties that we haven't actually considered before on the show, which is like, are holodeck safeties good enough to prevent hearing loss if somebody honks a horn of a bitchin' Camaro you're wrenching on while you're upturned underneath it? <laughs> what would the Vori even think of this scene? Like, on the <laughs> one
1: hand... Mm. Paris is upturned. Yeah. On the other hand... He doesn't even glimpse the doctor when he comes in. Like, life on Voyager is so amazing that the holodeck programs that people choose are chores. (laughs) You gotta think that there's some sick fuck out there who's like cleaning an apartment. Yeah. Because that's old-timey and fun. I mean, that's what he craves to do. (laughs) Do you think there's like a future steampunk... Scene in the 24th century Where you just You book yourself a holodeck And you clean a toilet
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is what they did Before they beamed the poops out
1: It's not sexual at all It's just a thing to do I do it brightly Isn't it amazing? (laughs) My mother's mother and my mother's father Used to do chores this way Yeah Yeah (laughs) The doc beams in right through the sock on the door. You got to believe this is something he's not going to be doing going forward too much, right?
0: Yeah. And uh, he's pretty upset with the fullness of Paris's behavior lately because, uh, (laughs) (laughs) because Paris is supposed to be like learning more medical stuff. And obviously it's voluntary, but he just like has not thrown himself into it with the alacrity of somebody uh, who is really dedicated to it. And that's pissing off the doctor. And it seems like Paris has kind of been spending a ton of time in the in the holodeck just in general. I know you're someone who thinks a lot about their own
1: privilege generally, mm-hmm. but it's interesting how the doctor presents his duty As such, his duty both to please that booty, but also to work in Six Bay and the privilege associated with that kind of job, you can't thrust privilege upon someone else, right? He's in there and he's like, look, Paris, you should feel great about this. Not everyone gets to.
0: Yeah. It's extremely sharp to be given this privilege. Yeah. But that's not really where Paris is at, like emotionally. And uh, it's sort of saved by the bell because Paris gets called up to the bridge and uh, he runs up there in his grease monkey outfit.
1: Yeah, he is not wearing his fleet colors.
0: Yeah, which I, I wrote down in my notes that he was dressed as a grease monkey. And then I was like, is that problematic? And then they use the phrase later in the episode. And I was like, oh. Yeah, if Star Trek does it, it's okay to do, right? <laughs> as I turn to camera. Uh-huh. I mean if Star Trek did it in the before that doesn't necessarily make it okay to do.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean the grease leaves with Paris. Yeah, it stays on him. It, it's very unsnowball like in that way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've uh, they've detected a spatial anomaly, Adam. And uh, you, you know, you're going to want your best pilot on the bridge for a spatial anomaly. Somebody call for a driver?
1: Take your station, Tom.
0: Turns out it's a ship with sort of event horizon sounding technology.
1: This is a season of Star Trek Voyager that is obsessed with Event Horizon <laughs> in the same way I was this year. Yeah. did Have you rewatched Event Horizon this year? Not in many years. It's too scary for me. Like I know yeah. you, you're the one on the show that says I don't like scary movies and I don't watch any of them. That's you. I do watch and like scary movies, but Event Horizon, too scary. Oh my God.
0: Is it too late to spook ourselves for a listener bonus for October about Event Horizon? Would you? It just seemed like something that you would reject. If, for the friends of DeSoto, I would do it. There's one friend of DeSoto that I would not do it for. Oh? They sent me a glitter bomb recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The rest of them can cluster with us. And uh, Your nemesis is who that is.
1: You're a cretin beast.
0: Yeah. You know what, uh, that's a deal, Ben, I'll do it with
1: you. What I wanna do though, is I wanna watch it together and record it together.
0: Okay. I don't wanna watch that movie by myself. Yeah. We gotta go down to the rec room and like sit in our pajamas, cross-legged on the floor and watch it together after dark. Yeah,
1: too scary. <laughs> it's really scary. The trembles are, are well told in that movie. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so this Event Horizon drive that powers this ship, seven big problems and the problems are not contained within the ship it's not like if the ship were to explode it would just go boom and that would be it billions of kilometers would be in <laughs> jeopardy if this thing pops off yeah. it's really going to blow big it's a warp core breach that
0: you really don't want to glimpse
1: And uh, I just want to thank whoever's editing this episode for not quitting 20 <laughs> minutes in <laughs> as we stop and look at our thesaurus are Vorithosaurus? Yeah. Do you think a Vorithosaurus is a type of dinosaur that lives on the vori homeworld?
0: <laughs> uh, no. And they, a blind vori dinosaur would be a... Do you think you vorisaurus? I should never have brought it up. <laughs> I don't want to get in a clash with you, Adam. <laughs> After the
1: theme, like, this is the moment they start the theme song up on. Right. Uh Uh-oh, billions of kilometers could be in danger. (laughs) (laughs) After the theme, they can't beam the pilot out, and uh, they can't get him to
0: answer a hail either, and that's a problem. Yeah, why is this motherless pilot not even answering hails?
1: I don't feel like they are often as frantic as they are in this scene about saving one pilot of a weird ship. Like... Paris is acting like a toddler is wandering into a busy street. Like, he's freaking out about this. We
0: should vacate this area of space at once. We can't just leave him like this. Yeah, I mean, I think Paris is really excited about it because he actually gets what's going on in a way that nobody else on the bridge does. If anyone else
1: got it, I think they'd be as freaked out. You're right.
0: Yeah, and and like, that's really well described in the scene. Like, when the captain asks for suggestions at one point, it just cuts around and... It's just a bunch of blank expressions from everybody else, as though they're all novices, Adam. I mean, compositionally, what you get is
1: Paris coming up with ideas with people in his frame. But as we cut around to the other bridge crew, these are just singles, right?
0: Yeah. And they're not figuring anything out. But Paris comes up with the idea of we can use our warp field to stop this reaction from going bad and... It's going to be a little bit tight. We'll have to use the uh, tractor beam to slow the ship down and then our warp field to stop the chain reaction.
1: I mean, at this point, they're committed to the idea. There's no time to backwalk.
0: Yeah. But if they're sturdy with their action, that should suffice. We've lost every viewer
1: at this point, right? (laughs) They're gone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They stop the reaction and they beam the pilot of this ship aboard and they're like, oh, what sphere are you from? Yeah. He tells them uh, he's from a system 20 light years from here.
1: Can I just say that I laughed and laughed at this sequence starting here? (laughs) Because in the context of the moment, here's what they've done. They found this strange ship, single pilot inside. They beam them aboard. And then this guy steps off the turbolift pad and leads Janeway and Chakotay through the corridors like he fucking lives there. He's leading the walk. Did you notice this?
0: Yeah, he has kind of paris vibes, even.
1: Where is he going? I don't even feel like they got his name at this point.
0: Yeah, they, they don't have his name. They don't know what his fleet colors are. They haven't fathomed this dude at all. He's fucking fast walking them through the corridors like he owns the place. I don't like it. It
1: made me not like this guy.
0: Yeah, and he's drilling them on what went wrong with his uh, his flight. He's a test pilot. He was really excited to test this coaxial warp engine.
1: Do you feel like some colors should be off limits, though? Because his coverings are a very particular maroon, you know? They are a monstrous maroon. I feel like in Star Trek, you got to be careful with this color, right? Yeah. Especially because he mixes it with a little white, like a Bob Ross, like a little titanium white around
0: the neck. And it's a mock turtleneck white, which recalls Monster Maroon even more. I know. I know. Strange to glimpse. Yeah.
1: Objection noted. We'll do this without you. Do it. Do it. Do Objection it. noted. We'll do this without you. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Elsewhere in Chicote's office, he's there to host Paris for a meeting. And Paris is there to ask permission for a thing. He knows that ordinarily his duties would be in Six Bay. He's asking very nicely Very politely. Can I please, please, please work on this guy Steth's ship? His name is Steth. Yeah. That's what we find out. Yeah. I think we find it out in this scene because I don't think Steth introduces
0: himself. No. Steth is a guy that you want to scope very carefully.
1: Mm. (laughs) Chakotay is like drilling into Paris's motivations and feelings. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a Vori kind of way because to the Vori drill means to teach. Yeah. I'm speaking English there. Mm. I'm using drill as a form of like interrogate. Right. You know, English. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing like, I don't like this. I don't think this is a good Chicote scene. I don't think this is a good Chicote episode because Chicote is like, hey, Paris, are you just uh, clocking in and out all the time? Or are you a real company man like me, ex Chicote?
0: It's sort of a, like, you don't have enough flare on your uniform moment. Oh, I hated this. Your heart doesn't seem to be in it. Okay, so you you want me to wear more? Yeah, and, and the doc has snitched Paris out to Chakotay, so Chakotay has more information than Paris does about what's going on. Hey, Chakotay, we've got, like, 80 years before we get home. We need to find comforts where we can, dude. yeah. If that's wrenching on a bitch in Camaro or uh, making a holodeck program about hanging out among the trunks. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like we can't question any of these things.
1: No. No. And it seems like Chakotay is going to like hard ass Paris into going to Six Bay. But instead, this is just sort of some weird surprise where he grants Paris's request. Why did he do that? It feels like a real jerk move.
0: I think that Paris actually made a good case for himself. Like I said, I think I need a change of pace.
1: Ah, this made me so sad. I didn't like Paris having to fucking cow to Chakotay here. Yeah. Because I think Paris's reasons, or no reasons from Paris, should be sufficient for clocking in and clocking out. You know, your work isn't your life, even if you're on a starship.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, who's to question how you turn your trembles into rages? yeah. Am I making any sense here? Yeah. So Paris and Steth are going to team up and work on uh, fixing Steth's ship. And when they do that together,
1: there's a lot of like chummy jocularity between them. They're really like cut from the same cloth, Paris and Steth. Yeah,
0: it's two car guys kicking each other's tires and talking about how the engine works. And yeah. Paris has some cool ideas this about how This is like to- a
1: Cars and rectagino meet
0: <laughs> at the parking lot of a <laughs>
1: shopping mall. <laughs>
0: yeah, it really is. You know, they're getting along
1: famously. You know what? That should be a thing if you're a car enthusiast and Cars and Coffee is just a little too snooty for you. Yeah. A Star Trek cars enthusiast community could be Cars and Rectojino.
0: Is there a bumper sticker we could come up with for podshop.biz based on this idea? Hey
1: Siri, check podshop.biz in 4 weeks. <laughs> 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 Something weird happens in this scene because like Paris is doing that way too trusting thing where he turns his back on an alien that's made himself at home on Voyager. And when he does, Steth turns into
0: a ladian. Yeah. And then turns back into Steth. And doesn't go gold in between. So it's yeah. like, is Steth a founder or, or what? He did that pretty fast. <laughs> I don't know if we can trust him. I mean, that's impressive. I've been practicing on potted plants in my quarters for <laughs> For years, and I can't do that. If I were Tom Paris, I'd be checking the ship for buckets. <laughs> so we start to suspect Steph in this moment. Yeah. But Paris does not. No, because Steph gives him the little hand
1: sized warp drive that they use over there. Yeah. It's like uh, quite a gift. This this thing could be cool for Voyager, you know? It's hand sized, it's exciting for Paris to hold in his hand. Hmm. Yeah. It's like a warp flashlight. <laughs> it bends the space around your dog.
0: Yeah. Feel the fullness of it.
1: And this is what makes folding space possible? Uh, at least in spurts. You want to feel like your dick is like billions of light years long? <laughs> this thing bends space around it. It can exist <laughs> here and in the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah.
0: You know what's weird about this? Shroud your dick in this.
1: Speaking of the great distances that a dick could travel using the warp fleshlight, hmm. no one ever brings up the idea of using this as a technology to get home. Well, they they do because they're they, going to they try. They generally it on a... say like like let's use some of this death technology and bolt it on the to the ship, but they're not like maybe this is the way home because they don't talk about the way home like that anymore.
0: They don't. I think they're they're hinting at that when they talk about like trying it out first on a shuttle. but uh, I think
1: their hope nuts have been smashed too much. I think they, wow. they don't even think that way anymore.
0: Mm. They're not thinking about the soon after no. in that way.
1: No. This guy's death is so cool though, right? Paris is like, damn, look at your life. Being a vagabond.
0: A rambling man that <laughs> test flies, all these different cool kinds of aeroplanes. Look at you, you're not gathering any moss. Yeah, you don't have the trembles. Hell no. And Steph's like,
1: you know, you could roll with me on this next mission, yeah. test pilot style. You could be my test co-pilot. We could be gloried. Paris is like, Buh, but I got this six-bay homework and, uh, oh, a girlfriend. <laughs> right. <laughs> also that. Bolana would
0: be furious. It was kind of driving me nuts that BLT hadn't come up in this episode yeah. yet. And uh, suddenly- She comes up and Paris is realizing that he is late for a dinner engagement that they had. Yeah. And uh, when he arrives in Neelix's restaurant, he is late enough to catch her finishing her meal and raging at him.
1: Right. She says to him that she's finished without him, which are words that Harry Kim has never heard anyone say to him. That's for sure. (laughs) Get it together, Paris.
0: Yeah. You got to get that stick game working. Yeah. Maybe you practice on that thing that Steph gave you. Poor Neelix
1: just wanders into this argument (laughs) and just gets a spaghetti pot dumped on his head for it. Yeah, pretty brutal. Yeah.
0: It's uh, not a great look for Paris.
1: I get the bends in this scene, though, because they're arguing, 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 and then they pivot right into engineering talk. Yeah. Like, I thought we were arguing. Yeah. Now you're asking me to help you out with a project? Pick
0: one or the other, what your tellings are going to be about.
1: Yeah. It's a real scene of what are they trying to say versus what do they actually say? Yeah. You know? Sure. Because I wonder, like, at the time of this episode, whose side the episode is suggesting you take? Because watching this with modern eyes, I'm like, God, BLT, stop. Like, he's not cheating on you. He's just working on cars. Why can't you let him work on cars? But I think at the time, are you on BLT's side? Is Paris acting weird, as weird as everyone says he is? Because everyone in this episode, up until now, not after he gets stethoscoped later. Yeah,
0: Like, up until now, people are like, Paris is acting weird. I think that this episode maybe bumps its shin on the coffee table of the series of episodes where Paris was acting like he was shitty at his job and had a bad attitude so that they could catch a thief, the, the like Paris fucking up at work for espionage thing. It's hard to ignore in this episode. Right. And, uh, the only evidence we get that he is not doing his job with the enthusiasm everybody thinks he should is the scene with the doctor. And that's a, a tell not show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not showing up late. It's not, uh, you know, having a, a must up haircut at a thing. (laughs) I love that. This is the language of film that they've used previously, you know? Sure is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe not get the lift and the bounce <laughs> that you're used to. I know you don't want to do
0: it. Do it. Coffee
1: Black. Make it yourself. I'm trying to help you see this as an opportunity to grow. Make it yourself. It seems like Steth's abilities to hold his shape, uh, they're a challenge for him, and they're becoming more challenging as time goes on.
0: Yeah, there's a scene with Steth alone in the coaxial warp ship where another one of these shapeshifts takes place and Steth checks in with the computer and uh, the computer in like the voice of a dude that was walking around the office at <laughs> Paramount when they made this episode <laughs> says, uh, Time to reversion, three hours, 13 minutes.
1: <laughs> hey, Steve, you want to be in an episode? You busy?
0: <laughs> yeah. Your daughter's daughter will be so excited about this.
1: Need this scene, though, because we need this timeline.
0: Yeah. And we need to understand how desperate Steth is. Yeah. And that is very, very desperate. So when we cut to Paris and Steth walking down the hallway and Paris pitching Steth on this idea of adding a carburetor to the coaxial warp drive, you feel the danger that Paris is in.
1: Right they decide to make the holodeck their cluster mark where Paris can show him the Grease Monkey holodeck program where he's been hanging out. Yeah. And there we hear a little bit more about how this plan works. And I like, you know, sometimes Star Trek can be so clunky with the, uh, the metaphor, <laughs> <laughs> like putting it in modern terms, whatever their tech problem and solution is. But this really made a lot of sense. They're, they're running too much warp juice Too many atoms into this thing. They they need to dilute them using this carburetor, and this is a concept that makes sense. Yeah, to even my feeble mind. That's the thing that our show has perfect. Just the right amount of atoms. We're a comedy car. (laughs) We're a comedy carburetor, aren't we? (laughs) I think I am a comedy carburetor. (laughs) We take something smart and good and dilute it. Yeah,
0: I dilute the atoms.
1: (laughs) Sure do how's that glitter going down how much have you drank
0: uh i have noticed a couple of pieces of glitter in my beverage yeah just take those to the dome man i think they're falling off my hands i went and like scrub like you hear glitter is litter this is why it like you can't ever get rid of it yeah i want the person that sent that in to know that i did personally collect as much of that glitter as i possibly could and uh have it Uh, flown out over the middle of the Pacific Ocean and dumped into the Pacific garbage gyre.
1: Dude, you have this person's return address. Put all the glitter back in it and mail it back in that springy tube. They're going to see that coming
0: from a mile away. What I got figured out is uh, my brother-in-law is over here visiting my new baby right now. That's right.
1: Have your brother-in-law take a dump in that tube.
0: His special lady's brother lives in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. He's a he's a scientist in Pittsburgh. Yeah, have that scientist shit I'm, in his mailbox. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have him do like a science prank back to this person. This is a great idea. If any beast comes to clash I'll nullify the
1: beast. You fucked with us and you did the stupidest thing ever, which was <laughs> put your return address on the box.
0: Yeah, yeah. We have access to scientists, okay? God. We have access to a lot of resources
1: that will make us nightmares for people like you trying to glitter bomb Ben.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not gonna go well for you, you know? You're not gloried at this point. No. Steth makes the case to Paris that Voyager must be a
1: pretty awesome place to work, right? You got these uh, these holodecks, you got these smoke show babes walking yeah. through the corridor. What's up with those Delaney sisters? And Paris
0: is like, don't
1: ask. Now, the thing about Paris in this episode specifically that does not feel canonically Paris is that he's super complainy. He could complain about anything. A real Adam Pranica type, <laughs> no matter how good things are going.
0: Yeah, I mean, there is sort of a, uh, the trunks are greener on the other side of the fullness yeah. energy happening here where, you know, Paris sort of envies Steth and Steph env- envies Paris in this, yeah. you know, sort of coaxial way, I guess you could say. Yeah. But yeah, like Paris starts talking about like the shackles of his life and, and it's it sort of feels like a, almost like midlife crisisy y for Paris, which is a surprising turn for his character to take. Like his entire life is upturned. I guess getting obsessed with your Camaro and hanging out in a garage all day is attendant to a midlife crisis in a lot of cases, but it seems like it just kind of came out of nowhere for him.
1: Are we past the 60s nostalgia circle jerk that having a Camaro in a garage represents to a 90s Star Trek show? I I mean, I hope so. I mean, this Camaro is legitimately cool. I'm not saying it's not. But like Paris's version of freedom or having a hobby or whatever
0: is just so transparently the wet dream of some old. It's... Just one of the million pieces of evidence of how much boomers were catered to for so long in pop culture. Yeah. And, uh yeah. This is
1: the doctor making out with the meatloaf Yeah, in that holodeck program all over again. It
0: really is. I don't know if this is what the creators are into or what they think their audience is into, but, like, definitely as a kid, I was like, who the fuck cares about this shit,
1: <laughs> you know? Hey, man. Not my Star Trek.
0: Yeah, not my... <laughs> Not my Star Trek, indeed. In my Star Trek, he'd be wrenching on a Toyota Prius? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
1: No moving parts on an electric vehicle. Not in the same way,
0: anyway. He doesn't have to be toiling on an electric car, does he?
1: There's a conspicuous shoulder touch that Steth does here to Paris. That I think sets up what happens later, right? Yeah. It's, the thing doesn't happen here, right?
0: No. The, the
1: thing happens later. The thing happens later. This isn't skin on skin contact. That's what you need.
0: But also like in the context of recent episodes, that shoulder touch makes the next scene feel extra creepy because yeah. he's in the cargo bay where Seven lives and is scanning Tom Paris's computer records and uh, and Seven walks in alone and it feels like creepy and gross.
1: Yeah. This guy is almost doctor-like in his wandering into and out of private areas. (laughs) He doesn't have permission to be there. Seven is suspicious of him being in there at all. And not only suspicious of of him
0: being there, it's what he's doing while he's there. He's not supposed to use a computer. No, he should be not snooping around in their stuff. And it sort of feels like a little strange that Seven doesn't call this in, you know? (laughs)
1: Except most interactions between Seven and Janeway have been shitty up until now. If I'm Seven, I wouldn't want to have any unnecessary contact
0: with Janeway either. That's fair. That's fair. So it is not told to Janeway or Tuvok or anyone else. Seven lets it slide and uh, and Steph walks out. Yeah. Well, I've got to get that platinum. Get that old enlargement here. I've got to get that platinum. Are you selling a heist? Gold.
1: You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24x7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES. To save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, that's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace.
0: Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. It's available nationwide. That's Microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. (laughs) Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year.
1: And we've added a bunch
0: of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. I'm giving you an order. I'm giving you an order. Is that
1: understood? I'm giving you an order. I'm giving you and you have just crossed the line. Paris and Steph are still working together on his ship. And this is like the just buttoning things up phase. Of doing car maintenance. You drop the hood, you rub your hands with your rag, you sort of whip that rag over your shoulder, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. look admiringly at your work, getting ready to turn the key. And uh, hey, what's my box wrench doing here? (laughs) Asks Paris. And Steph gets real close into Paris's nook and like nook pushes Paris across the room. Yeah.
0: Why Why steal a box wrench? Also, why replicate a box wrench when you could just have one in the holodeck that was part <laughs> of the program? That's a great point. These are real
1: box wrenches.
0: Yeah. What is pears doing? Are they like antique box wrenches? Is this like JFK's golf clubs? Why would you burn a replicator ration
1: on a box <laughs> wrench? <laughs> no.
0: He had to eat so many Leola roots to get that one box wrench. No wonder he's pissed that Steth took it. I really get it.
1: When, uh... Steth gets in to explain the why of his closeness. He explains that they're compatible for a face-off.
0: Yeah. These tellings uh, do not bode well for Paris. And Steth gets the hand on Paris's throat. And then they sort of, they cross-morph. Yeah. Steth looks like Paris now, and Paris looks like Steth. And uh, they had to make an entire extra Tom Paris uniform and Steth outfit and tailor them for these two actors. I wonder if that
1: is why Steth's uniform is Command Red. Oh, interesting.
0: Because they just know the color works good on-
1: Yeah. If it would just look too weird, huh. if you were watching this morph happen, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. On the bridge, Steris is there, and he's walking around. <laughs> Steris. <laughs> and he watches the coaxial warp ship just leave. He leaves without
0: saying goodbye. Did Peth get vaporized? I mean- Because there's like a shot from the point of view yeah, of- It kind of seems that way. The man that used to look like Paris- Can't rule it out. blasted. Yeah. And Steris is like on the bridge inhabiting the role of Paris. Yeah. And they watch Seth's ship fly away.
1: And this is the part of the episode that you imagine is going to be fun, right? Like, how is this guy- Going to fit in to Paris' life And it starts in the mess hall where Chakotay Finds Paris, finds Steris For a break <laughs> And uh, asks whether or not They can begin installing Some of Steth's technology On Voyager, not specifically about getting Home faster, but just like He had some neat stuff over there Yeah. What about that? And also, what about Getting some more six bay time And the thing about Starris in this scene Is how into it he is He's into all of these jobs in a way he hasn't been before.
0: This is when the whole crew starts catching on that something is wrong because <laughs> yeah. Chakotay is clearly trying to destroy another shuttle. Right. And Steris is enthusiastic about that and not trying to forestall the destruction of another shuttle. And everybody's right. like, something's up. Yeah,
1: something's weird. And look at the way he's getting down on those Leola routes.
0: Yeah, it looks like he likes them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think those Leola roots have ever been slurred in the way that I said them just now. <laughs> Leola roots. Leola roots. In the corridors outside, Paris uses a map to guide his journey to Six
0: Bay. Mm. He's like, how many footfalls am I from Six Bay?
1: This is great. He's trying to look normal, but he doesn't want to run into a familiar, and that's what Seven of Nine represents. Right. So he skulks around a corner and he like looks at a mall map to see if he can find his way to Six Bay. But Kim walks up behind him. And this is going to be the biggest test of all, right? Yeah. The friend test. Right. It's one thing to get one over on a seven of nine. But but Kim knows everything about you. Kim's seen everything in the sonic showers.
0: You can't get the trembles now, Steris No. That'll lay bare what's going on.
1: I wanted to see this golf date that they're talking about so badly.
0: I right know. The golf date on the holodeck sounds really, really fun. Yeah. And Captain won't know what? Hit her. <laughs> what? I feel like if Star Trek now had a a storyline like that pop up, we would get like an iOS like Star Trek golf game. Right. You know, like yeah. in the style of a Mario golf game. It'd be so fun. It would be great. But uh but we don't get that. Instead, Starris goes to Six Bay having somehow successfully spoofed uh, Harry Kim.
1: Not a good scene slash episode for Harry Kim, too.
0: Not especially sharp, Mr. Kim. All right, give the doc my best. I will. I mean, Starris
1: looks at Kim and is like, never, never going to change into that guy. (laughs) It's deeply humiliating for Harry Kim in this scene.
0: The doctor's a lot sharper when uh, Starris starts fucking around with a tricorder and- failing to use it properly a bunch of times. And uh, the doctor is, is getting ready to scan Steris, but Steris managed just to weasel out of this as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, what's gonna catch him? I was getting so upset by this.
0: All these close calls. Every single crew member is going to like make a misjudgment about how suspicious to be. I was like, certainly he won't pass the boyfriend test. <laughs>
1: Because when BLT finds him in, in her quarters, like practicing his putts or whatever, I'm like, well, golf never goes over well with a girlfriend. Like this is gonna be the thing
0: <laughs> that destroys him. She's gonna nullify him right here, right now.
1: Yeah. Like I'm expecting rages like none other. What do you think you're doing? Get the fuck out! But then Paris makes with the apologies and the hand kissing. Oh, the hand kissing really puts her over. Yeah. The hand kissing floods both basements. <laughs> that will suffice And at this point I'm wondering What the hell is up with Paris We haven't seen him in ages We cut over to the coaxial drive ship Where there's Stethus, And he's come to And he's shocked by the sound of his own voice He's like uh, Like when you wake up after a night of partying that you, that you like You don't smoke But why did I have three cigarettes last night socially <laughs> That's why my voice sounds like this <laughs> It's weird as hell Yeah. And he comes to at the worst possible time because a bunch of alien ships roll up
0: and they have accusations of thievery. Not looking great for Staris. Right. (laughs) It's not this is not looking great for Peth. Right. That's the exact moment the Ladian beams aboard. The Ladian from before. Yeah, we've seen her. Yeah. She's got her own crazy ship and She is pissed. Right. That's my body you're in now. I want it back.
1: Yeah. And as Stethis begins to explain, we cut back over to Voyager where BLT meets Paris in the transporter room. And Paris has got another romantic idea. He's like, look, I know a place where I can kiss both of those hands. Real hard. It's down on the planet.
0: Yeah. And I packed a lunch. You know where Neelix is tending various products for us to eat? You know, we can just beam ourselves
1: just out of sight of Neelix to do our business yeah and as Neelix moves
0: we can move for maximum titillation he's gonna get those plantings and and we're gonna get that panting (laughs) yeah
1: BLT goes along with it for a moment she's like oh yeah this is a nice fantasy wouldn't it be great if we could just knock off work and, and go fuck on a strange planet
0: I really like the writing of that yeah that she's like haha cool funny idea yeah Yeah, duty and honor and so forth And then when she sees the packed picnic She's
1: like, are you fucking high? Yeah You actually bought a Yeti cooler? Do you know how I know how expensive those are Tell me that's not the $800 one (laughs) I don't know anything about coolers But I know the legend of that thing What the hell? Yeah And Paris Oh man, Paris goes straight over the top with the anger here, he gets grabby and angry. Not good. He's grangry.
0: Yeah, and uh, he basically dumps her. Yeah, I don't know what I ever saw in you.
1: If you're Paris, don't you beam down to the planet and enjoy your picnic after this? It would have been a great hang up the phone argument if he he's like, fine. Fuck you. And he walks up under the transporter pad with the big, pick, pick box. <laughs> <laughs> it, <goes himself>.
0: yeah. <laughs> it makes more sense than Starris like. I made
1: charcuterie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It makes more, more sense than Steris going and just getting hammered on the ship, which. Yeah. Which is the scene that follows. Kind of puts him in a position to get caught. It's not a very sly move, you know. This guy's kind
1: of a dumb, isn't he?
0: Yeah. He's got an interesting superpower, but he's not that great at using it.
1: He's got the confidence of someone who hasn't been caught yet. And so I guess I'll never be caught.
0: Right, right.
1: This guy needs to stop robbing banks. That's his problem.
0: He gets caught by uh, seven of nine and he is kind of three sheets to the wind at this point. He's like replicated himself a tall whiskey, it Mm -hmm. looks like. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, I'm just trying different drinks. Do you know what the replicators got? I like this glassware. Yeah, it's that's a, that's a very good looking glass.
1: Looks like something you distill some water out of in a
0: <laughs>
1: middle school science class context.
0: Totally, yeah. Seven of nine, pretty shocked at this behavior.
1: And turns him down for drinks,
0: crucially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's on duty. Yeah. She is too. Yeah, That would be an
1: inefficient use of our time.
0: We cut from this scene to a shot of Janeway just sitting like with a concerned look on her face on a couch. And I love the just like idea that Janeway has been sitting quietly by herself in a room waiting for Paris to show up so she could chew him out.
1: This is like a parent waiting for a kid late for curfew, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. And he can't shroud what he's done. No. She, she knows that he replicated all that booze. Yeah. It's a very weird scene because it does sort of come across as being very, like, puritanical. <laughs> like, <laughs> you replicated five drinks while you were on duty. Like, it, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that's bad, but also, like...
1: Do you think there's something to the whole, like, driver of the ship getting drunk? I, guess that there's the subtext to this
0: yeah it just doesn't seem like a thing that is super likely to be a problem in a utopian future like yeah people getting hammered on the job it seems like a like
1: a lesser show a season one tng if you will (laughs) <laughs> would have had Denise Crosby go like uh but why are you drinking Paris?
0: Yeah. Right. And Paris being like drinking can be fun. <laughs> it, it would it would have turned into a lot more of an after school special energy.
1: Right. Yeah. Drinking can feel good.
0: I'm drunk right now. I miss Black. <laughs> Black The captain orders Paris to report to Six Bay, and... Paris,
1: will you report to Six Bay today? (laughs) Gosh, Paris, you just got an entire crew that just loves you a whole bunch.
0: I thought it was interesting that the captain had that, um, like, legal pad, (laughs) uh, yellow piece of paper (laughs) crumpled up in her hands. Like, she wrote something down, but is not going to refer to it.
1: Yeah. Paris, you must go to Six Bay. I I need to go visit another crew person who is huffing air duster (laughs) before reporting to engineering.
0: We don't see what happens after this, but we hear on the bridge when security gets called to the ready room, the captain is being choked out by Paris. They stun Paris. The captain gets up feeling much better. And then we cut back to... Peth and the Ladium who have teamed up now, and they are headed back to Voyager to see if they can solve for getting their birdies back because they both want their birdies. <laughs> yeah, she wants his body. He wants Paris's body. The birdie swapping continues apace. It does, and uh, fortunately, they have a real fast ship to do this with. Yeah.
1: What's that? How's that song go? Mm. I got a fast ship.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know that one, Adam. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so they uh, they agree that they're on the same team. They remove the lockouts on the ship and they and they make it for Voyager. This is where we're at.
0: we got a weird captain's log in retrospect. Yeah. Because it seems like a pretty square, straight down the middle captain's log.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we fixed his physical wounds, but his emotional and career-based wounds remain.
0: Yeah, nothing physically wrong with Paris, but you know, they're like speculating like, I don't know, genetic virus or something.
1: Can we make his hair bounce again, is the question Mm. and the doc just kind of grimly, (laughs) grimly shakes his head. Yeah. I think that's a moose he's working with. How do you think he gets that kind of floof? I've never been a
0: mooser. Oh, maybe that is moose. I don't know. I always figured that it was just something natural about the texture of his hair, but you're right. This is television. Yeah. There's an entire department
1: dedicated to lift and bounce. Yeah. So just then, Steth's ship returns on the scene, and on the bridge, Janeway does not believe Steth at first. Right. In a way that she really sells. I like this moment. This is where things really turn.
0: Steth is on the FaceTime saying, I'm not Steph. You're dealing with an identity thief and uh, he's currently in the body of Tom Paris. The captain, you know, closes the FaceTime and is like, We're gonna consider your request.
1: Yeah. Why don't you tell me something that only Paris would know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> she personally heads back down to Six Bay and leaves Chicote in charge. Yeah. And instead of going to Six Bay, goes to the shuttle bay. Yeah. It's a whole different
1: bay, Adam. I really feel like Seven was going to get nullified here. Yeah. But instead, she's just sort of stunned and dragged. I was wondering if
0: Steph wanted to- We're calling this person Stainway, right? Stain- I guess so. If Stainway wanted to take on the identity of Steven. God,
1: this is too confusing.
0: <laughs> Would the implants be there? Great question. Would it be just human-looking
1: Stefan, or would it be XB Stefan? I think you should ask the question at the convention.
0: Hi, big fan. In Star Trek Voyager Season 4, Episode 20, uh, nice, uh, uh, (laughs) vis-a-vis, there was sort of a moment at the end where it seemed like the Uh, shape-shifting identity thief alien could have inhabited the character of seven of nine Um, and I'm just wondering if that had happened would they have had the implants both facial handle and booble, or would uh, would would uh, post genetic modifications uh, be left out of the shape shifting ability of this character I will take my answer uh, in the line for a hot dog at Quark's Bar Get a light.
1: Delicious. (laughs) Kim tells us that an authorized shuttle has launched. Nothing about the unauthorized phaser Mm. being discharged in the shuttle bay. I thought that was interesting.
0: Does it count as being aboard the starship if it's aboard the shuttle? Wouldn't it just be the alarm in the shuttle that goes off?
1: It is a shuttle chase in a pretty fun way. Yeah. And Stainway has the upper hand, right? Because... She knows that they can't kill her, otherwise they're going to lose the ability to birdie swap back. There's coffee in those bodies.
0: Yeah, and I really liked Stainway kind of inhabiting the role of the nemesis here. Really throws herself into, you know, the the face of someone you don't want to glimpse. (laughs) I love Kate Mulgrew in these scenes. It is
1: so fun to watch her you know, relish in her body Mm -hmm. as an actor. Yeah, Like she's great. I love this gear. She's had this gear the whole time and she so rarely gets to deploy it.
0: She meets it brightly. And fortunately, Peth is smart enough to come up with a way to nullify the space folding technology on her shuttle. And, uh, We cut back to a, like, captain's log of Starship Voyager that's just like, everything's back normsies. Yeah. (laughs) The doctor reversed everything. Everybody's in the birdie that they were supposed to be in.
1: Except for the lady in. Yeah. Who is going to become the life's mission of Steth henceforth.
0: Steth is going to take her back to the sphere that he met her on and turn her into the authorities, I guess.
1: I mean this could be a really long-term project.
0: Yeah. This is like a spin-off comic book series right here. How many birdies are there? Yeah. How how many times has Steph jumped? Is this a Beverly Crusher fuck candle situation where there's like thousands of years of history with Steph? I think this is pretty weak writing here because
1: this is the scene where you should know. Yeah. The the lady should be like you'll never know yeah. how many people I've jumped from. I lost count 40 aliens ago. <laughs> I've been inside crazy birdies Yeah Bird birdies
0: (laughs) Lizard birdies What's that uh, Denzel Washington movie Where the bad guy jumps from birdie to birdie? Oh, that movie was scary
1: Fallen Oh yeah, Fallen was good John Goodman was in that, right? Am I Yeah, John Goodman was in that Wow Yeah Fallen came
0: out in 1998 When did this episode come out? Uh, 97, I think
1: Dang, they beat Fallen with this premise. God, do you think they're making Fallen and they're watching Voyager and the Star Wagon and they're like, fuck! <laughs> oh! <laughs> I thought we had an original idea, we blew it!
0: God damn it! Fuck! <laughs> we paid fucking Goodman and Denzel to be in this shit and it's a fucking plagiarized concept? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time is on Steth's side.
1: Wow, God, that's such a great pull. Great pull. <laughs> like a like a reference lawnmower. <laughs> you grabbed that pull cord and gave it a sturdy tug,
0: <laughs> and it started right up, baby. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you pulled that Goodman was in it. I didn't remember that. You didn't have to prime that reference (laughs) mower whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, The button on the episode is Paris showing off his Camaro to BLT, and they get in the car and do some smooching.
1: Yeah. You know. I thought for sure they were going to drive that car off a cliff or destroy (laughs) it or something, because... Paris at the beginning is like, look, this represents all the time I don't spend with you and I know you hate it. And I just expected her to be handed a baseball bat or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but instead they get in the Camaro and they fucking bang in it. And that's the end of the episode.
0: Yeah. Just the, the shocks that he recently replaced. Oh yeah. Moving up and down rhythmically.
1: Those shocks are going to be absorbed.
0: Yeah. But no chrome is going to get abraded. No. No. Did you like this episode, Adam? You know, I'm
1: really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullet, I don't like breath, and I don't like you. I love a body swap concept, and Star Trek doesn't always do a good job depicting these types of stories, but I thought this one was really effectively told. I did too. I dislike everything having to do with being a grease monkey. I wish I could believe Paris arrived to this naturally instead of being written there by an old white guy or whatever. Yeah. That feels shitty. Like, I want to believe that Paris's interests are his own and not just transparently some dude writing that way. Like, I'm making assumptions, obviously. But, like, Paris doesn't feel like a real character in this episode because I just don't believe that that he's like this. And I wish I did.
0: Yeah. He got sort of wedged into it in a way with the being bad at his job again, all of a sudden energy of this episode. But uh, I'd say overall, I liked it. Like, I I guess the other like quibble I have is I'm always a little bit annoyed with Star Trek episodes that are depicting the characters not working at the height of their intelligence. And like character after character, not catching Steph was frustrating to watch, but, Ultimately, I think the fun of this episode outweighed the things that I didn't like about it. So,
1: yeah. Do you ever think about how long it would take for you to realize that a person you knew or were close to had been replaced, though? Because sometimes I do, and I see dumb people on Star Trek acting dumb, and I'm like, oh, I could do better. I would totally be able to tell. But
0: I don't know. It's not about being able to tell, though. It's about being like you're acting fucking weird and we need to do something about it. And then remembering that you live in Star Trek and that could be an alien or whatever. Yeah. So
1: living in Star Trek sounds exhausting, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. It just sounds so tiring unless you're not on a starship, in which case it sounds awesome.
1: Now I'm beginning to understand the appeal of a holodeck of chores <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: kind of recreation, you know? Yeah. A toilet's not going to shape shift into killing you. <laughs>
0: Not with the safeties on. Yeah. I'm beginning to understand the appeal of Priority One messages, Adam. Do you want to head into the inbox and see what's going on in there?
1: Pretty sure there won't be any glitter bombs in the P1 <laughs> inbox, right?
0: <laughs> I got the trembles.
1: Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a
0: supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Income. Supplemental. Income. supplemental income. Yeah, it's extra. By the interest alone, could be enough to buy this ship. Adam, our first priority one message is from a glory defender. It's of a promotional nature. It goes like this: One time, I was on tour with Ben and Adam. While waiting in the lobby of the hotel, Ben encouraged me to start a Vanderpump Rules podcast called Vanderpump Robs. Now, to help pay for the podcast, Vanderpump Robs has a Patreon. Guests of the podcast include Ben Harrison, Alana Johnston. Allison Rosen, Sheena Shea, who is on Vanderpump Rules, Peter Madrigal, who is also on Vanderpump Rules, and more. So, friends of DeSoto, if you enjoy a high-quality comedy podcast about low-quality TV, please join Vanderpump Robs on Patreon. Hashtag TGG Bump. Wow, look at Robs crawling into our P1
1: box <laughs> to get that sweet, sweet TGG Bump.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> You're the reason that
1: Rob's has the Vanderpump show?
0: I don't remember that. I, I was probably profoundly drunk at the time <laughs> uh, if if we were on tour. but uh,
1: Yeah, and in the lobby of a hotel.
0: I, I believe it. Yeah, sorry, Rob's. You're a very inspiring <laughs> person. Yeah, uh, I hope you don't want to flame me. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm throwing it on that Patreon right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. I got to support Rob's and what he does. He supported us for a long time. Yeah.
0: Don't nully the Vanderpump Rob's Patreon. Savor it. (laughs) Look, don't wait until you're
1: gray. Yeah. Be in the now. Get in there and support Rob's Patreon about bad television. It's good television. He toils very hard on that show. He does. He does. Ben, our second priority one message is from Ryan. It is to Micah. That message goes like this Micah, I've been drinking podcast fluid and I'm throwing some scarves at this pod to tell you this. Buy your own damn dermatome. (laughs) If your surgery center can afford a retinal scanner, you can afford a dermatome. If you don't buy a dermatome, I will get Bashir to give you the Kern procedure and you will forget we have a dermatome at our hospital.
0: Wow, what is a dermatome?
1: Well, now I need to figure this out.
0: This is one of those words that could easily be, uh, dermatomy. Oh, yeah, maybe. A a dermatomy is an area of skin that is mainly supplied by afferent nerve fibers from the dorsal root of any given spine. Oh, man, I don't know what the fuck this is. (laughs) Oh, this is tough. There's so many words I don't know in the first sentence of the definition of dermatome.
1: It's an area of skin.
0: Can you... Buy skin on the open market? This
1: is what I'm wondering.
0: Oh, I could get you skin, dude. I could get you skin. There <laughs> <Fair> are <laughs> ways. You don't want to know about them. With nail polish. <laughs> <laughs> Man.
1: Is this where our medical community is at right now? Uh, they yeah. don't have the, the technology they need, so instead they send P1 messages at each other, goading each other into dermatomes.
0: Yeah, this is some late-stage... Capitalism nightmare shit, if ever there was
1: one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to be a part of this.
0: Damn. Uh, well, Adam, our final P1 is from Defested, aka Ensign Jake, and it is to Adam, Bree, Rizzo, Laura, Carl, Kit, Anne Marie, and so many more. Wow. I, I guess I'm. A- among the so many more, I hope. I don't know. Oh, I see what's going on here. Right. This is a message to uh, STLV people uh-huh. I missed this year. Yeah. goes like this. Another great STLV and successful hashtag crotch ice continuation. Y'all, it was a great hang, and I look forward to many more. And sorry, Bree, for not being available for the Monday pool party that you told me about long after I had purchased my tickets. Defested. Oh.
1: Oh, no. Defested and I hung out quite a bit at STLV. Had a super fun time. Yeah. I am with Defested, though, in that I should have known about the Monday pool party. I also did not book <laughs> my STLV to go into Monday like a fool. Yeah. I learned a little something about how I need to do STLV every year I do it. And this year, I've decided that next year... I need to nudge everything a day forward. Okay. Or a day backwards, right?
0: Because you have a pretty hard and fast rule about how many nights you'll spend in Vegas, right? Three
1: nights only. Yeah. Yeah, that's the max for me. So I've got to go Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and then leave Monday if I can do that Monday pool party.
0: Oh, yeah. You want to have a wet swimsuit under your clothes on the flight home. That's how you know you did Vegas correctly. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Sure do. Everything
1: else that Defested talks about, uh, the crotch dice, I don't know anything about that. (laughs) But I will remind you of the phone call that we had, the FaceTime call, where I was in a cabana, Prana Cabana is where we were at, and it was just bombarded by a DJ who was right next to the cabana in the (laughs) loudest Club music that I'd ever heard in my life. Like all of our watches were going off with danger <laughs> decibel warnings, and you and I tried to have a pleasant conversation, couldn't have it. We were trying to toast you from afar. Yeah, uh, we missed yeah. you
0: very much. I, I called in from an inflatable kiddie pool in my backyard with yeah. a uh, with a hoof full of slushy beverage, and uh, it didn't really work out. <laughs> I honestly
1: think you were more comfortable there than we were in the frantic cabana. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Pranicabana
0: Wow Well Let's hope that DJ Winds up upturned And uh Thanks to everyone Who got a P1 Much appreciated Get a P1 At Maximumfun.org Slash Jumbotron Great way to support the show And it's also a great way To get a message out there Or uh, Get your Patreon supported Like Rob's 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 did
1: It helps the show Keep going Both now And in the soon after Do it Do it
0: Hey Adam, it's that Ben. Did you glimpse a drunk Shimoda? Incredible, drunk, drunk Shimoda! Shimoda. Sure did, Ben.
1: I was just delighted the whole way through with Dan Butler's performance. Uh-huh. So I'm making Dan Butler my drunk Shimoda. Uh, you may have recognized his voice as oh, really? the uh, the radio DJ Bulldog from the hit television show Frasier. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's Dan Butler. Wow. He's Bulldog from Fraser. Jeez. Which uh, I know is the second most surprising piece of knowledge to come out of that show <laughs> <laughs> for you me and our friends group.
0: Yeah, yeah. Shout out to our friends in DC. I mean, I feel like everything I learn about Fraser is a new scandal
1: yeah I think you'll always remember where you were when you learned that Dan Butler was bulldog from Frazier, right? <laughs>
0: I was right here, yeah, here in the studio.
1: He just a uh, ton of work and and like a really fun part. He yeah. like he plays a number of people while looking like the same person. That's a fun acting challenge, I've got to believe.
0: It really is. My drunk Shimoda is this death that doesn't catch up with their former body. yeah. Like, I don't know if Steth is the name of the original consciousness that has got time on its side. Yeah. But it seems like at some point in the past, there was an original person who got their body taken over. And they, they don't have a hope in hell of catching up with this whole situation. No. That lady, very resourceful to have uh, gotten out there, gotten gotten back in the Steth body that uh, they were originally supposed to be in. <laughs> I don't even know how to talk about it. I, I get <laughs> confused. I, I don't feel sharp talking about this, Adam.
1: No. Yeah. It sounds like it.
0: But the one immediately before the, the lady body, <laughs> that's the person that really got fucked. You know, the chain was broken with them and I feel bad for that stuff. I think that was well told, Ben. Hmm. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, that is just about that for that episode. I'm going to head over to gach.biz game. And uh, meanwhile, I'm also going to boot up some tellings about hmm. the next episode of Star Trek Voyager. Season four, episode 21, the Omega Directive. Oh, jeez! Voyager is forced out of warp by the detection of a dangerous and powerful particle called Omega. It has the power to join subspace.
1: Yeah, that doesn't sound so bad. What's wrong with that?
0: Yeah, joining up uh, used to be used to be considered heroic in this country. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam, we are currently on square
1: forty-three. Hey, this omega particle doesn't run. <laughs> I'll tell you that much.
0: Uh, a brown zone square is where we're at. A square where we joined up. Wow,
1: it is hard to fathom how this one is going to work for the Friends of DeSoto. Oh, yeah. If they listen to this episode brightly mm. or if uh, it gives them the rages.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think we might want to keep our tops low the week that this one comes out.
1: think so too, yeah.
0: But next week, we have the potential of two different Coco Nono episodes, Adam. Oh, no. We could hit the Coco Nono on square 46, or we could hit the Space Butthole on square 49, which would take us down to the Coco Nono on square 12. Oh. Either could happen. And uh, just a reminder for those keeping track at home, Adam is still at a Coco Nono deficit. So if, if we hit another one of these, this will be a second Coco No-No post the one that he skipped because he had to ride his uh, stationary bike one time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to do that drunk. And I didn't want to put it off. (laughs) All right.
0: I'm going to go ahead and roll this bone. You're
1: required to learn as you play. Roll. You know, hashtag Jim Shimoda is all up and down the Peloton system. I couldn't disappoint them. That's hundreds (laughs) of people.
0: You keep rambling. I'm just sitting here enjoying the fact that we hit that space. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) And uh, next episode is a uh, Coco no-no, and we're back down on, on the second row of the game of buttholes. <laughs> we really did it,
1: didn't we? God damn it!
0: Hey, just to make matters easy, I, I recently was over at your house, and I left some canned pina coladas in the fridge. You did, so you can rest easy that that is basically sorted for next week. <laughs> you don't have to go out of your way. You don't have to do anything. That would inconvenience your life for your job. That is the barrier, isn't it? The barrier for entry for me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Canned Cocoa Nonos.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I just have nothing but excitement for next week's episode. Mostly because I don't have to uh, deal with the rages of Friends of DeSoto who don't care for Bronze Zone episodes.
1: Yeah. It'll be better next week, right?
0: (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) It's uh, great to be back in the driver's seat of an episode of The Greatest Generation. I really miss doing this, and uh, despite all of the glitter that suffuses my office, all of the glitter that I'm looking at on the surface of my $1,000 mixing board, uh, and I'm worrying about it getting into the inside of my mixing board, I just want to say thanks so much to everyone who, uh, who put up with us being in sort of low power mode while we were taking some some time off. It was something that I think Adam and I both really needed to do to recharge. Yeah. I'm so glad to be back. I'm, I feel a refreshed and renewed enthusiasm for uh, doing this and the incredible privilege it is to work for the Friends of DeSoto. If you'd like to become our boss, you can head to MaximumFun.org slash join. And set up a membership. My baby needs to eat, so I would really encourage you to do so. We got some people to thank, Adam. Sure do. I mean, I think... In addition to the people that support the show.
1: If things worked out right, our break should be undetectable. And I think a major reason for that is the producer of this show, Wendy Pretty. True. The best in the business and we thank her for getting us on the show through the last several weeks she's been a major reason why we could pull this off.
0: truly we got to thank Adam Ragusa who made the original Janeway song of course uh, working off of the inspiration of Dark Materia who made the original Picard song and uh, let us use it all those years ago Adam Ragusa now on YouTube just search Adam Ragusa on YouTube he's gonna teach you how to cook it's great
1: Sure is. He'll post a picture of a pretzel that he's working on sometimes. Oh, man. He's working on pretzels at the moment.
0: Wow.
1: You gotta work with lie to make pretzels. Yeah. That's serious business.
0: Yeah. Follow Adam Argusia on Instagram, too. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at GreatestTrek. I also don't shout this out often enough, but there is a Friends of DeSoto community on Twitter. If you, like, go into the communities section of Twitter and search for Friends of DeSoto, There's a a nice little community in there and it is a fun way to just tweet to other FODs uh, without putting it out on your main feed. And uh, it's a really fun little subsection there because people are really positive and cool and it's mostly just like funny dank memes about Star Trek.
1: It's almost entirely embarrassment free.
0: Yeah When when you tweet like that It's kind of wild It's great And uh, yeah Join the uh, various other uh, You know social media communities out there There's a Facebook group There's a Reddit There's uh, DrunkShimota.com Discord Which
1: Which you can get to using the new URL uh, Bigfloppydongs.biz What is it? Dongshop.biz Yeah Dongshop.biz
0: Yeah Get over there
1: Can't believe it wasn't taken
0: we got to welcome back the great Bill Tilly, who uh, got married. Yeah, we're not the only ones taking breaks. Yeah. Congrats to Bill. Congrats to Bill. Bill Tilly running our social media accounts. Really glad to have him back, though. And uh, with that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager an episode of the greatest generation Voyager that is pulling this so. pod car over even though we're as far from home as we are. Make it so. Make it so. Make, 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 this fucking sucks, man.